what's up guys? This is Andrew from Interloper and you are watching Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone out there, welcome back to another brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is once again your host, Sonny, this time along with Andrew Viroetta. Man, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Andrew, this is an awesome and exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Interloper with the release of your debut studio album, Search Party, uh, drops June 11th on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, first things first, I want to congratulate you guys on all the well-deserved reactions it's been getting so far, especially with those singles Drift and a title track. Plenty of amazing things to unravel about this album, considering... This is quite the follow-up to your Revenant Legacy EP, which dropped earlier as well. Uh, but, you know, before we get to all that and beyond, and we talked about it before the interview started with all my guests, <laughs> I ask a very important question to start things off, considering what's been happening in our lives lately. It's a simple one. How are you, man? You know, how is life uh, in California? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a valid question to ask, dude. It's a valid <laughs> question to ask, man. Um, I'm, I'm doing well, dude. You know, um, I think that for a lot of musicians, it's it's a crazy, uh, confusing time. Um, but, you know, in my case here, um, I've just really been trying my best to focus on um, staying creative. Um, I, th I think that considering the circumstances of everything going on, um, it's kind of hard to feel motivated to, um, to keep yeah. being creative and to write or to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel, which I've, I'm very guilty of that. Um, but, you know, um, really just trying to write for whatever projects that I'm, you know, in, I'm uh, just working on, on new music, dude, just doing whatever I can to, to keep myself motivated and looking forward to something. Um, that's really, that's a very important thing for me to do to like push, push on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, and there's nothing wrong with saying light at the end of the tunnel. I, we actually can see that. I mean, I know some countries are in a different situation than we are. I mean, yeah. who knows what things will look like a month from now. But the important thing is staying busy with, you know, dedication to your craft, which is what you guys are doing. Now, I, I do want to wind the clock back a little bit, Andrew, to maybe just a couple of years, maybe even before that, because for listeners and fans who may not know, you know, your drummer, Aaron, stated that the title search party is represents what you all have went through as a band you know that the search for a singer has been going on for so long that they've finally landed on you as taking the helm in the end on vocals if you could just briefly like shed a little bit more light on about that moment in your life that led to the final lineup of interloper into what you guys are today i mean does it feel like everything also kind of just went by in a blink at the same time yeah man definitely um so, to the title of the album, I think I think that we like to apply that to ourselves as a band, you know, like that's something that for sure I think um, is an important, you know, uh, idea to take from the title. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, ironically, I guess the 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 album name and the song title, you know, the self the title track um, was actually named and written by Mike Semesky, our old singer. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, so so that song was was him um, on the all the lyrical concepts there, and um, I think that the song itself means something um, very different than that. Um, it's more so like I would say um, it's it's about a girl, I guess. In this case, it could be a person, it could be anybody, but in this case, it's a girl 
who has a lot of damage in her life uh, from her past or whatever. And she's trying to fill that void by getting into relationships that she probably shouldn't be getting into mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And ends up damaging everybody around her and kind of is confused as to like what is happening and um, just ends up running away from, uh, you know, that truth that's inside of her. And uh, she ends up running to the end of the world and is only faced with herself. And so that's what the album cover is trying to depict is that you could, you're only there. You're at the edge of the world trying to face, you know, look inward only because there's nothing else here for you. Um, so that's kind of what search party means really, but we liked, we, as a band, like to apply it as like, you know, the singer search or whatever, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. You know, it's like kind of, I like the, that idea. Yeah. Um, regarding, regarding the, the vocals, man, like it was, um, it was sudden for sure. Like it felt like it was in the blink of an eye, but at the same time, man, um, I was already, uh, at least on the EP up to this point, I guess, if we're going back in time. Uh, up to the the EP writing when Mike was still in the band, um, I was already having sections of songs to myself. I was already my my vocals were going to be on the albums, the EP and the album um, already. So uh, we felt that it was a natural change for me to just transition to doing the whole song, you know, from song yeah. to song, doing all of the songs. Um, yeah, man, I would say I would say the the toughest thing uh, for me is uh, doing guitar and the vocals at the same time. You know, yeah, um, I play I play in a couple of bands where I um, I am the front man as well, but I'm just screaming. It's like more of like, you know, death metal stuff, like math core kind of stuff um, doesn't really need to be too clean or precise. Uh, and also, I'm just screaming, you know this is a lot more it, it's it's a new it's a new uh new take task on Andrew, to overcome. I guess. <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's a new task for me to overcome to involve like melody man and inflection and all of these things that are super important to a clean vocal um so that's been that's been a big challenge that i've been trying to uh you know get my hands on right right uh, and- since this has started yeah, and uh, uh, hey, if anything, this time off—I mean, I guess away from the stage—as we we all are like fans and musicians alike, it should give you time to you know hone in your skills playing guitar and vocals, you know, live. Exactly. And 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 something I want to transition into. You talk about the other bands, and I want to mention them: Brazen Tide, Vampire Squid, Cries of Christ. Um, you know, you've been at this for a while. I, hopefully, I'm not. Am I missing anything else on there on that list? <laughs> There's no, probably a few I, I more. I don't think so. I would say Cries of Christ. Uh... I don't that that one keeps getting mentioned, uh, and I'm not sure exactly why, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, so so yeah, that that band is like my buddy James. He he asked me to do a couple of guitar solos on a couple songs. Of okay, his. okay. It's his band, and then he. Uh, I just did a couple solos for him, and then I think I think I ended just up let him like, just let him let you be in the band now. It's like yeah, hey, it's wait, like I'll, they're I'll, mentioning I'll your band, it, dude. I'll let him have it. But yeah, Vampire Squid. Um, Brazen Tide is a band that I have or a little project with with my brother and uh, Aaron, right? An interloper. Um, and then va- yeah, if I I don't know if I already said Vampire Squid, but yeah, that's like my that's my high school like passion project. That's like all death metal and stuff. It's my heart. It's my heart yeah. and soul. And and with and with all these bands and of course including Interloper, I, I do want to ask how was the you know live experience for you 
personally, you know, as a fan and as an artist, because, you know, you've done some touring, you know, and now we've yeah. all just been kind of forced to take an unexpected step back. And does it make you have an appreciation, like a newfound appreciation of that live concert experience of that touring life? Like, oh, dude, yeah. um, I'm I'm more grateful for it than I wish I was as grateful as I am now as, you know, when I was actually touring. Yeah, like know? a year or so ago, whenever, <laughs> before all this yeah. went down. I, I really feel like, I mean, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's like, it's what I am meant to do and it, what's in my blood. But right now having it not available is like, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty heartbreaking, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of touring artists feel the same, man. It's like our, our livelihoods were taken from us almost you know, something that we identify with so uh, deeply is is just something that doesn't exist right now. You yeah, know? it was pretty much a routine of our lives. I mean, I don't know about you. I was at a show. I mean, if not every day, at least every week. And yeah. uh, it, it, of course, it, I, I I mean, it's I remember. A, a, I, I'm, yeah, man. I remember my last show. You know, that's that's how clear and concise to the point it is because it's been that long ago where I remember exactly how much of an impact it had on me as as a fan. But, yeah, it's it's a total it's a it's an absolute just it's a culture, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's been put on hold. It's a whole culture that's been put on hold, man. Yeah. And something that hasn't been put on hold. I know you've seen this for the last year, a very common subject on Interview on a Fire, at least for the last year or so is live streaming. I and mean, you've seen it. A lot of bands, what they're doing is taking what they do on stage on the screen. Of course, we would be doing these interviews in person like we're doing right now. Like, you know, yeah. we've had we've, we've had bands on here and, I, and I've said this to all my guests. We've had bands like August Burns Red and Lamb of God. They talked about their experience on selling, you know, virtual tickets to the fans and they would stream a show, pre-record a show, however, however it may seem the, the, the organization of it. But, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to get your take on this, Andrew, because there's no wrong answer to what you may answer with, because with the amount of touring that you've done, the musicians you've collaborated with, the fans you've met, the venues you played at, do you think from your perspective, again, mm -hmm. do you, that the rise of like the quarantine induced live streaming we're seeing right now from all these artists, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Like, has it already been affected or do you still see bands doing something like this even after all this is over? Ah, interesting. Um, I, so my take on this is as much as I, I think that it's, it's a wonderful thing in a, in a, it's so what these bands are doing for their fans is so wonderful. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to like still be able to, to try and give something back, you know, is, is such a valuable thing. And I think, I think it really demonstrates the character of a lot of the bands doing it right now. Um, but I, I still really, I, I think I stand by the fact that there is nothing quite like being in a place at a show, high volume. You're looking at people in, you know, in the face, the, the, the band, members that you know yeah. you love the band that you, you went to see there's something magical about that there's an energy that i don't think is like able to be replicated through a live stream and so i i do think that once everything comes back to normal maybe there will be some studio sessions and stuff still that you might have to pay for but i don't think they're going to demonstrate it as a live stream concert anymore because yeah well you can go see the band now and then what you know that exclusivity gets involved again you know we're gonna be in your town for one day you know what i mean or two days there's that exclusivity there that you know i think is super super important um yeah it, uh, uh, well yeah. i was i was i was gonna add, I, was, I was gonna add to that because 
you know, I've had so many artists who who say the say what you said, and some artists would say, "Yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It's it's a great way for to engage with the fans." Some artists would say, "I, w- I don't want to do anything until all this is over," and some artists would say, "Yeah, it, there's also that idea of of um, accessibility. Like, let's say you do a show here in Dallas, and maybe someone in Brazil or or in in a different country doesn't have access to uh, to get to a show like Interloper. You know, there's there's so many ideas. Yeah, there's this really cool idea to mosh in my own room for as long as I want, which is great, right? <laughs> but but it's like you get you do the live streaming." But then yeah. how much more creative can you get with the audience? So, yeah, man. And, you know, that that is that is a valid point right there. You know, it's like uh, some bands like don't get to hit Australia. Some bands don't get to hit South America. So maybe, you know, having um, a commercially available show for them would be something that's viable for in the future, you know, and it, it's, it's happening now, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people right now are like, like I was kind of just saying is like, you know, they're they're seeing these bands that have never even come to their country before you know in a live stream which is super special um i actually haven't even i I never even thought about that man that's a really good point another another point is uh uh, mental health like some i have some friends who don't go to these shows specifically they're metalheads they don't go to these shows specifically because they get you know there's they don't want to be around a large crowd there's that you know that sense of anxiety which i i understand totally get that but but then with these shows that are coming out they're I remember getting a text from my friend over Christmas, man, that August burns red Christmas burns red show was so good. Or that behemoth <laughs> show was amazing. Uh, uh, corn did one uh, last week, I believe. And, Oh damn. And, yeah. And, and they were talking about, and corn's been around for as long as we have, you know, and, yeah. and uh, they're telling me about how much they really appreciated uh, the live streaming. And these are from friends who actually don't go to shows. So, um, so many things to, uh, we can explore the rabbit hole as far as that may go, but yeah. There's endless possibilities as far as that is concerned. Um, now, I know we talked about everything from head to toe, Andrew. Let's talk about Search Party, dude. Uh, yeah, de- it, debut album, June 11th on Nuclear Blast. Let's talk about Nuclear Blast Records. I also want to give a shout out to Kristen. Holy mother. Like she's, I think you're in great hands with her. One of the best in the business. She knows what she's doing. Love you know, her to we, death, man. Love her to death. She's amazing. And uh, shout out to Kristen, obviously. And yep. uh, we talked about... Uh, with Nuclear Blast, with Interview Under Fire, we had the privilege to interview bands like Testament and Epica, Accept, Amaranth, Thy Art is Murder. What is it like with signing with such a prominent label like Nuclear Blast? Like in your head, like what goes through your head when you hear something like that? Dude, honestly, like it's one of those things for me, like I have to like kind of block out <laughs> because <laughs> because it becomes too overwhelming for me. You know what I mean? Um, I, I never thought that uh, I'd be in a band on on a label like nuclear you know that's that's a band that has um bands on their roster that i grew up listening to yep. and like adore still like you know opeth and like Meshuga. here Meshuga, yeah dude like it's it's insane bodum yeah of course S&P, lexi um rest in peace man <laughs> man so yeah, yeah dude it's 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 crazy to to have to be, to have been given the opportunity to you know share a roster with those bands you know it almost feels like we don't deserve it yet. You know what I mean? Um, nah. but I, I'm very, very proud of the fact that, you know, we got on to, to, to nuclear, man. I, I, and more importantly, I'm glad that they see the potential in our music, you know, that they believe in, in the music like we do. Uh, let me tell you why you belong here in a second. And, and number two, I think you're in great company with Nuclear Blast uh, going forward. Um, uh, you, des- you do deserve it. Let me tell you why. This is the follow-up to the Revenant Legacy EP released earlier this year. And you guys have been busy, man. What a 
crazy way to uh, spend 2021 putting out music that we love. And, <laughs> and if I may, Andrew, mm-hmm. top to bottom, I said to myself, you know, this was going to be a sleeper hit this year. And I can't begin to tell you how much I was looking forward to search parties, especially when I first saw the artwork. And I never say this word. It was dazzling. It was a dazzling mix of progressive metal to melodic death metal vibes. It, it was heavy, obviously. It was also a dash of metalcore in there. I mean, yeah. riff after riff after riff. It was it was all over the place. And those transcending guitar melodies to the booming and mesmerizing like technicalities of the drumming. I mean, vocals. I mean, you went above and beyond with this. It was just a perfect blend of all the above. You know, songs like you know, Pathkeeper and Moonlight, uh, title track, Idle Years, even the Duran Duran cover of Rio. I mean, if, yeah, you have to put out a, if you're going to put out a debut record, this is how you do it. And <laughs> dude, I, I, I greatly appreciate that. Dude. And and so so let me ask you this. I kind of want to run around to this question here. How much did things change? You know, walk me through this, because how much did things change from when you first started composing on Search Party to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Was there already a specific sound you guys you knew like you had in mind for search party okay so um definitely definitely changed um from the start of the writing process to to the end um we actually had um a lot of these songs written along with the songs that were on the ep okay um in fact a few of the songs that were on the ep were going to be put onto search party and we kind of looked at what we had so like up to that point and decided that the songs some of the songs that we wanted which are the songs that are on the ep now were sticking out a bit too much to be put onto the full length okay so we we thought it was a good a better idea to separate the two you know have the ep which is you know all all older songs like very old songs given they're all old pretty old but these ones are older (laughs) <laughs> um to have those older songs on the ep and then we'll figure out what to do uh from from there for the full length so i think at, at, at this point we had maybe about four four songs done for the full length um how far back are we talking you know we're as, talking far as, to, uh, as far as like when the writing began was it like writing? kind of collective like like revenant and then so i would party say was around then... i would say around february of 18 oh that far back okay yeah i would say about february of 18 um now look at us trying to like recall like different times in our life like it's uh it's so hard for me to do that man um so yeah i think it was about january and february of 18 yeah yeah that sounds about right to me i'm okay. gonna go with that yeah uh, and so yeah that that's that's when like ep was like solidified we knew what was going to be on the ep this and that um and then we had, like I said, about four or five songs done for the full length, and we still had another, you know, five to do, probably five or six. Um, so from that point, we kind of uh, experimented a little bit because we had, we figured out like, okay, these songs are for this, these songs are for this, what's going to follow, what's going to complement, what's not going to complement, you know? And, and thankfully, we had the EP songs to like reference as to like, right, we need to build from this, we need to move ahead of this and, and kind of like expand further. Um, and so through the process of writing the, the rest of, of the album, um, there was, there was a lot of tension um, between us 
And I think it was because we had not really figured out exactly what we wanted the, the album to sound like. We hadn't really locked it in. And I think we all had separate um, and conflicting ideas creatively as to what we wanted for the album. And so we ended up butting heads a lot because we were thinking of two different things. We had, we had different visions in our head. And so what ended up happening was, you know, after a lot of arguments, there was a lot of compromise. Um, when I would bring a song to the table, when Miles would bring a song to the table, it was like, you know, we're all just going at it. And then coming to a middle ground and be, all being really stoked on it. Yeah, um, I think that's important. I, I think if, if you just had people to, I mean, I've seen bands who have, who have had people, you know, just go along for the ride. In the end, they're like, yeah, I didn't like how this album went back like 10 years ago. And then now they're just now talking about it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, uh, that shows dedication to your craft, Andrews, and, and your band members. For sure, man. And, and the thing is, it's like, uh, I'm stuck with these dudes, you know, we're all stuck with each other. Yeah. We, we, we all want the same thing right? Yeah. We just have different ways that we that we think we have different paths that we think we need to take to go about that. You know, we want the, we want the album to be great. That's our goal. Yeah. When you, you know? see them again, just tell them, Hey, did you know, uh, he said it was dazzling. How is that? <laughs> that's going to be dazzling. like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That's that one. I'm, I'm going to remember that one, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> now, now something I do have to talk about uh, the production. It sounded so dynamic and so clean. I heard everything by the way, on this album. I mean, I'm kind of an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want things to sound like the way I want to sound it. The older I get, yeah. at least, you know, and it was also so as far as the production, it was produced by you guys yourselves with the help of your brother, Joey Veruetta, yes. who took a pro, uh, part in the production, mixing and mastering. He's kind of like the fourth member. I remember you guys saying something like that. Yeah. And then, of course, the drums were recorded at Big Bad Sound L.A. by Jack, Jack Rooley and Zach Fisher. You know, yes. collectively, uh, talk about those guys for a second. I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability for you guys in the studio, Andrew, knowing that they were working on Search Party with you. Yeah, um, having my brother for sure uh, yeah. was monumental for me. Uh, we we grew up and started, and you know, got skilled at what we did all at the same time. Um, he's always been by my side. Uh, we're very close, and we both we can show each other music that we write, and we know what we're going for. Like what each other we can show each other's songs to each other and like, I'll show a, a song to Joey and he'll be like, Oh, okay. I see what you're trying to do here. Like he'll get it. Yeah. It'll, it'll click and you know, vice versa. So that's a really special thing that I, I honestly like don't really have with anybody else still. Um, yeah. I have, I have two brothers who are both, both musicians. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, dude. There's like this, there's just this connection. Yeah. Connection there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so it's, it's really cool that um, I got to have Joey, do this with us, man, because if there's anybody in this world I can trust, it's my brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he, he just exceeded even what my expectations were um, on the production value of, of the album and stuff, man. Like, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And um, yeah, man. And regarding uh, doing the drums over at um, at Big Bad, that was... Uh, that was super cool, man. It was actually my very first time being in a, in a legit studio, man. My very first time. So yeah. I was just like a kid in a candy store, you know, looking at all this analog rack hardware and stuff. And this like 30 year old, like <laughs> fucking sick desk, you know what I mean? Like 
or API desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was hey, API get desk. used to it, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hope so, man. That would be really cool. You know, I, I, I've been working in a bedroom, you know, doing doing my production stuff in in my room since I don't know, like 2010 or something. Um, so so actually using the gear that my plugins are emulating is yeah. very very cool to have your drum set run through you know what i mean for yeah your definitely yeah yeah so so that was that was really special man and those guys are just great dudes and that was that was a great experience man yeah and uh something i do want to talk about here next is the uh you talked about this earlier the album artwork it was done by kaylin stockerman so hopefully i said that name right yes uh it was a work of art it had uh, when I, as i'm looking at it it was it colors of blue gold black white yellow and uh you, we, you kind of briefly talked about it the woman sitting by herself at the edge of the world so to speak as the rough waves of the ocean you know start to crash against a rock and she's carving uh your band's logo on that yeah. same rock it, it looked very atmospheric looked very ethereal you know, how did you know that Kalen was the guy who you wanted to work on something like this? Yeah, so so Kalen um, is a dude that I've been uh, secretly spying on for about like eight or nine years now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, and it came I've to fruition. Always, yeah, dude, I've always been a fan of that dude's art. Um, I can't remember the album that that drew me to him. I think. Oh my God! What was it called? It was like a death here we go. Man. This is the time machine again, <laughs> dude. I know. I, I, I'm not even gonna try, but it was like a it was a death metal band that I found on Bandcamp because okay. I like at the time I was just frequently just going on Bandcamp looking for sick like slam death metal and just like any death metal I could find, basically. Um, and and he had done one of those album covers that stuck out to me like greatly, and so I followed him on Facebook or added him on Facebook, whatever the term is. I don't really know, but um. Yeah. And, and so I've, I've, since then I had always been seeing his art, like any new clients he gets, I see the art he posts. I'm like, dude, I need to go to this guy one day. Like he needs to do this. Uh, yeah. So, you know, fast forward to, to now, or I guess like a year ago, um, he, uh, maybe it was a maybe a year and a half. I don't know, but he did that album for Acacia Strain, Slow Decay. Oh, I have that. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's in the corner of my room. I can't oh, really? It. I can't grab it because I'm going to unplug everything. But yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. With the, with the whole, it, it looked like like a forest and there's like birds. and like, it's, weird, yeah. it's, like it's like springtime. And I'm in Texas. This would be fit perfectly for that atmosphere. Anyway, go ahead. Hell yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so he did that album and I was like, okay, like this guy has transcended into like another level of like mastery you know, yeah. what he does. Because I had been seeing a lot of death metal that he had been doing, death metal album stuff that he had been doing, but this was something that was such a different, like, approach and image to be, hmm. you know, presented for an album. And an, it was just so special. And I think it made that album a lot more special because we had that art to connect to it in our heads. It really did. Remember what I said about that first impression when I first saw the album art? This is going to be a sleeper hit. And I got exactly <laughs> that. You know, you're talking about... um the cover art for Slow Decay, that's not that long ago, dude. This is like... Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. That was like that was like a year ago, year and a half. That that album released, what, August, I think? Uh, Slow Decay? This is... So yeah. that's that's a pretty quick turnaround. The fact that he's able to... I mean, I mean, I, I, I need to see mo his his other artwork, but I think I think this may be his best one. Um, yeah. Because it took me... Oh, oh Search Party. Me, yeah, Search Party. Um, as Because as I was looking through the... I'm a movie buff. So when it comes to like cinematography and everything else in between, 
I mean, I'm a sucker for those things. So as I was yeah. looking at the album art, listening to the songs, it really took me into that world of, uh, I can't even really begin to describe it. Speaking of which, let's go to this next one because uh, you're setting me up for this. Um, <laughs> you know, between, you know, writing and then structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about, even the artwork. So I want you to keep this in mind as I'm asking you this. The lyricism throughout, I'm doing like karate chops here, yeah, uh, throughout, throughout Search Party. I begin this to think if there was a reason why you guys chose songs like Drift and the title track as singles before the release. Like if there was a theme to this, because uh, you talked about how Search Party specifically, the song, it became the reference point for you when writing the rest of the album. Yeah. You know, that 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 logo that the woman draws on that rock is like a distress beacon. And then you have a song like Drift, which, is t- which touches on the ego-driven nature of human beings and how the results of those antics can cause you to end up alone. So, yeah, uh, you know, how important are themes to you guys, Andrew? And, you know, to what level do you like to have a theme for your music? Um, so in the past, uh, I've, I've been really into doing that, like having a full-on concept for an album. I think it makes writing an album much more fluid and um, mm. it allows for the songs to flow together a lot better because you know you're, you're you're thinking of those peaks and valleys ahead of time. And so the songs kind of are writing themselves in that way, which is really nice. Um, but for this album, uh, while lyrically a lot of the songs follow a theme and are similar, um, I would not say that this album has a concept at all. I, I, I would definitely say that these songs are standalone um, but as I said, there are similar themes uh, going on. And I think that that just has more so to do with what I think is important to talk about um, in, in music, you know, and what, what I think, what, what I want to hear in songs. I want to I hear, um, I want to hear issues about, you know, interpersonal problems. I want to hear issues about relational issues, something that I can relate with and, and resonate with deeply on a deeper level. And so a lot of the songs cover cover issues like that, a lot of interpersonal yeah. issues and and just like character flaws, I guess, that, uh, you know, sometimes I'm writing about myself and I'm just kind of putting it into a character uh, it, in, in the album, you know? Would um, it be, oh no, go ahead. Because uh, uh, I, I want to ask you this, but go ahead. Go and finish that thought that you were going to say. I, I was done, yeah. That, that's, that, that about sums it up. Okay, so would it be safe to say that you see Search Party as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and I think that that is such an important thing to do. That's, that's how I have always approached music. Uh, um, lyrics, specifically. Um, I think that... I'll put it this way. I have to write music or else I am like not okay inside yeah if that makes sense like i yeah. have to write um and so whenever i'm feeling a certain way or feeling down about something or or whatever issue is happening there's all of these abstract thoughts and emotions going on that are making me feel dissonance inside and i think the, the role of music at least in my life is to make sense of that dissonance yeah you get to channel to that order. energy into something that's productive and you can actually Some, put out something there that's that's not only productive, but like tangible, something mm-hmm. that I can look back on as like a, as a, as a cornerstone or, or not a cornerstone, but like a checkpoint in my life, something I can look back on and be like, Oh yeah, I was going through this at this time. 
you know? And, and so that's, that's kind of the approach that I, that I took with, with a few of the songs on, on this album. Yeah. Uh, I think well, it's, uh, I think it's really important to, uh, be, I think the more that you, the more that you bear yourself to your listener, the, the more connection you're going to, they're, they're going to receive. Case in point, you know? look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think you kind of nailed it right there. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, what you've discussed about so far, you, we can include Miles, Aaron, and your brother Joey in on this, you know, playing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with during this one hell of a debut record. And I also want to throw in, you know, Brazen Tide, Vampire Squid. I'm not going to mention Cries of Christ, but I just did. Um, <laughs> the, numerous, good, <laughs> the numerous touring cycles you've done. And it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with interlopers, you know, artistic vision and yours, you know, this is definitely something you have a passion for. And I feel like you've experienced plenty already in your career, Andrew, and then some. So, you know, have your aspirations as a person or maybe even a musician, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Um, I definitely burning questions man <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, I like these questions because they make me think you know man i i really i really appreciate that i'm gonna put a montage together of you just thinking <laughs> you know just looking up that's gonna put that put that trying, like, make a new music a new, a, new, a new music video on search party just you thinking just, yeah. <laughs> just throwing that idea Dude. out there <laughs> yeah i mean uh i i think that maybe my my perspective has changed a, a little bit but not, not so much, man. I, I think that hmm. it's really important to harness and understand what makes, what drives you to do what you do in the first place. You know, what was yeah. the reason that I picked up a guitar? What was the reason that I made it like I went out of my way to get good at writing music, not so much getting good at guitar, but writing music. And the, the reason is because I, wanted to I felt so connected to like bands like Metallica or like Megadeth those songs just like they they shaped me man and and I, they made me feel some emotions that I had never felt before and I was like dude I, I need to do this as well you know and and that yeah. that idea has not ever changed I, I my my goal has been like always I want to touch people in the same way that these bands touched me I need to share that feeling I need to get proficient enough at mm. this to, to share that feeling. So in that way, I, that, that stays very consistent now. Yeah. And you're um, off to a good start <laughs> <laughs> now regarding like touring and stuff, you know, that, that was something that was my perception of that has changed G going from going from never touring and having um, preconceived notions about touring and then actually going on tour, you know, yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, oversights that I had, you know what I mean? Just cause I didn't have the knowledge or, you know, the experience yet. Yeah. Um, and, and just like, you know, meeting, meeting people and, and, uh, and how that works, you know, hanging out with other bands and, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's an answer. And I think it's important because, you know, it, it's easy to lose track of yourself. The more successful you are, I think it's important to just kind of just push everything the fuck back and just take a look at it from the outside and kind of just remind yourself why you do what you do, you know, yeah. and, and then go back into it, you know, with the, I don't know. I don't want to say there's a newfound purpose, but I, I think it's important to do that sometimes because 
I've seen so many friends. And, yeah, yeah. I I've seen so many friends and colleagues kind of just lose track of themselves and they're like, oh man, where, where the time has gone. And they kind of just kind of feel stale at the end of the day. And and uh, yeah, dude. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen to you at all, considering everything <laughs> that you just talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't. And if it does, I give you permission to give me a smack in the face, man. <laughs> uh, 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 well, do me a favor. Stick around for like 30 seconds after the interview. I want to play something kind of funny. Um, okay. I do want to ask, you know, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Um, actually, dude, it kind of has, but mm -hmm. not really. Um, when I was younger and like wasn't sure if I wanted uh, dude, I'm not even going to say I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue music or not, because like from the moment I picked a guitar, if I like knew that this was the only option, Yeah. but I always thought like, if this didn't work out, I want to be an English teacher. Both of my brothers but, are teachers. This is crazy. You're saying that. Really? Dude, I remember I, I started off engineering, man. I come, oh, but, yeah. the, but the thing is the bottom line is, line is I come from a, a musical family like my mom's a professional music artist you know from back home uh -huh. and uh and everybody has played i play guitar uh, not guitar sorry i play bass and violin you know both of my yeah. brothers are drummers my sister's a viola player it's it goes on and on and on and, and you just kind music of just, everywhere I, I mean what is that uh how does that saying go i'm gonna quote freaking uh uh, uh what is it the beast from x-men days of future past you throw the the rock and the ripple in the river but the doesn't matter what happens the the current will always correct itself it's like, oh. it's like you'll always no doesn't matter what like i said i started off engineering but i always found myself coming back into the music kind of like you knew yeah. it like you knew it from the start like even if you picked up i don't know uh i don't know what could you pick up a tax document you could be a C cpa or something like that <laughs> yeah, dude. And i'm not saying i'm not i'm not discouraging cpa or anything like that but i'm just like you yeah. would find a way to get back into music into what you are you know it's like yeah man it's like sure. we would find a way to do this interview regardless that's a, that's a crazy thing to think about sometimes i don't know absolutely dude yeah yeah you're, you're totally right man and, and i think i think on um uh, for me like i i thought about i've thought about in the past like why did i want to be a teacher why did why did i want to teach and i think i think the reason is because I feel like I will be making a difference doing that. I feel like I will be yeah. mm -hmm. making a difference in somebody's life and, and, and uh, maybe hopefully improving that, you know, and, and that's kind of the same approach I, I have with music, man. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to share with people, you know what I mean? I want yeah. to, I want to help people. And so, you know, teaching is, is, is a job like that in, in yeah. some way there are parallels, you know what I mean? Uh, that whole the teacher musician thing always comes back to me like when i hear it, it's like it's it i think it really shows a lot of character within the musician and shows that within yourself and uh thanks man uh but uh andrew this has been uh, no this has been such an honor dude this is uh, I, I i we could talk for hours but i'm i don't i want to yeah. let you go i don't want to keep you for too long but no, uh okay. here's the thing i usually end my episodes on a pretty fun note usually i ask my guests like hey what are your favorite albums top five favorite albums whatever it is but since we kind of touched on kind of like the movie side of things and how your artwork looked do you Dude. have like top five favorite movies at the top of your head you could think of right now Bro, I, ask you. I am so not a movie watcher i could i'm so sorry dude i'm so not a movie watcher <laughs> oh my god okay okay what about do you want to go back to albums then because I, I i'm feel down like, to do albums okay let's I'm do albums. that's do fine albums. that's fine I, that, that wasn't bad call on my part because usually yeah, I no like, it's all good it's all good go ahead five favorite albums or maybe just five albums you're listening to right now and maybe even Ooh. one that's like that maybe like confuse the fans like wait really like 
Okay. Expect that. I'll mix it up. Okay. I'll do some that okay. are like all time favorites and I'll do some that are current. Okay. And okay. I'll, I'll just get up to five albums. So one that's current that I absolutely adore is this band called Hardcore Anal Hydrogen. I have to look them up now. Okay, you're going to make this mental list in my head now, so I got to get that Yeah, out. they have an album called Hypercut. They actually just released a brand new album, but okay. the album before that Hypercut. is called Hypercut. And uh, that album is is an absolute just mindfuck slash Hypercut. masterpiece. Okay. It's like, it's very like Mr. Bungley and like, it's just super like, experimental. I like Mr. Bungle. I like experimental. I think this... Okay, that's good stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be looking forward to that one. I think I, I already made out of that. Yeah. So, so, so that's the, one. So my, yeah, that's one. So <laughs> you know, part of that, one of my all times, would be Mr. Bungle self-titled album. Oh wow, that's a classic. Yeah, dude, that's an absolute um, classic. That album is, it, it just really shaped my perspective and instilled what like I was doing. I was already making music that was kind of silly and, and like off like that, you know, in, yeah. in Empire Squid. But I, but when I heard that album, I was like, oh, dude, this is like the source. This is like why I'm doing this. 1991. That was yeah. that. I think it was 90 or 91. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that was the debut, like the, the self-titled one. Man. Got you. Got you. Gosh, way back. So yeah, dude, that, that album is incredible. Stub a dub, legendary, egg, you know, the songs you just can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, Onto that, onto Mike Patton. Oh, God. Oh, Angel, my, uh, what, what, my best friend. We we talk about faith every time we hang out. It's always faith no more. It's like we even karaoke to faith no more. And like, dude, over, over I, Christmas. I do that too. I do that too. Man. Are you serious, dude? Yeah, I thought, I, I, I thought we were the only. I thought we were the only two like nerds who did that. But bro, whenever I do like, karaoke, nerds. whenever I do karaoke, I always do faith no more. Dude, or like, what, what's your favorite oh. song to? What's your favorite song to sing to? Just curious, dude. If you have one. Mine will always be, I think mine will always be, um, um, what is it? Is it Last Cup of Sorrow? Oh, dude, or, that song uh, is so good. So good. Oh, every song yeah. is so good. Angel Dust, dude. <laughs> yeah, Angel Dust, man. Um, whenever, like, there's this one karaoke bar, and they have Midlife Crisis on there. So that's the one I usually sing. But uh, if I had to pick one that I wanted to karaoke to, it would be, uh, oh, my God, dude. What the fuck is that song called right now? It's the sixth song on the album. Why is it? Oh my God! What is it called, dude? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Angel, angel dust, right? I have it right here. Come on. Everything's ruined. Everything's ruined. Uh, okay, okay. I don't know why I was thinking something else. Yeah, everything's ruined. That that song for sure, and that's that's my favorite song off that album. That one in like Jizz Lobber probably. But um, yeah, dude. So what what am I at three? You're at. Hold on. You had you had that first one. Yeah, and hardcore then, hydrogen. Yeah, I had you Mr. Had... Bungle self-titled and then Angel Dust. Okay. All I, right. So, so I love how you're going in depth on these records. This is great. <laughs> I'm trying my best, dude. Um, um, okay. If I went to another all-time that was like why I do what I do, mm -hmm. something that was just like, you know. You're moving around moving, a lot more, so like, I can tell you're excited. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm so I, dude, I love talking about this shit, dude. I, I fucking <laughs> um Master of Puppets. For That's sure. my favorite Metallica album ever. I yeah, will dude. never, I will never get tired of that record. Like, James's like, voice on that album was the best that it that it was to me. I, I agree. I said the same thing. Uh, I had this debate that somebody was telling me. Um, 
uh what is it uh, they were saying ride the lightning was the best one yeah ride the lightning i love ride the lightning but yeah same. But for me i said that exact same reason why i picked master puppets above everything else but then again master puppets for me sorry i'm making this on me i know i know i asked you yeah no no dude no, I, I, I'm I, was about this. I, I, I was saying that i was saying that i was saying that because uh master puppets was actually my first exposure to i mean metal really like as soon as yeah. the title track hit i'm like this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I, I mean, I, I wanted to play the guitar. I mean, this is, what was it? Like 10 years old? Like it's battery. Battery was the first song I ever learned on guitar, dude, man. Uh, uh, the intro, the acoustic intro, of course, not the, I could play that starting. Not only that, but also so far your list, it actually even shows me how it was also in, incorporated into search party. Like I'm actually thinking about elements of Metallica and, and faith no more and Mr. Bungo and, it's kind of just coming out. I had to check out that first record though, because I've, I've never heard of that. <laughs> you will love it. You will uh, love it or you'll hate it. But we need to, We got to stay in touch after this interview. I'll, I'll okay, yeah, sure. dude. You got to send me that. Um, that's four, right? Yeah, so that's four. And I would say, dude, number five, having a final one is going to be really hard for me. Um, I'm curious. Oh God, dude, what is? Oh man. This is your last interview of the day. Let's end it on a good note. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Is it? It is interview under fire, right? Putting you on the spot. Yeah. Oh man, I I could go with like an album that was like formative for me, or one that I. You know what? I haven't done one that like I've been well, listening to it, a bunch of, so you, I'll do another one of those. Oh, I, I was gonna say like it's sometimes you can pick an album that you listen to a lot that you keep going back to, unless you've already picked that. You know, that's yeah. that's always something to think about because it's always like the sleeper hits, quote unquote. You know, search party it's like the sleeper hits that you don't really think of. I got it. <clears throat> Colors between the buried and me. Oh, that's a great choice, dude. Yeah, dude, that one oh. definitely is up there. No so that, that's that's an album I need to revisit again. I've been talking, I've been telling myself I need to check out Between the Buried and Me again. I, I think they did they just re didn't they re release that? Yeah, they did. Like, they did yeah. a remaster of that of that album. Right, like, right. All their albums. Oh gosh, yeah, I'll have to. Dude, solid list, man. Um, <laughs> Thanks, dude. I must. I kind of. I'll tell you mine next time. <laughs> I, okay. would, I would have one, but it's like then yours would knock mine out of the park. Um, but, if I had uh, six, if I could pick six, I would add Puritanical from uh, Demo Borgir. Demo, oh, Demo Borgir. Uh, that one for sure. Puritanical, Euphoric, Misanthropia. Man, we could go on forever about this. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, uh, this has been such an honor again, man. Do you have any you know, last words, just any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in as far as you know, interloper or search party before we finish things off here, maybe a new music video coming out soon, anything like that. Oh, After yeah. what you can and cannot say. Yeah, we have uh we have a music video coming out. Another another single is gonna be dropping soon here. So Which stay one? posted for that. It's gonna we be know. for idle years. Oh, great I mentioned idle years. I mentioned that song. Out. Yeah, yeah I, I mentioned that song. That's a great song. Hell yeah. Thanks, uh, man. And everyone who's uh, listening, this is Andrew Verueta from Interloper. Search Party comes out June 11th on Nuke Blast. Do me a favor. I say this a lot. Buy the records if you can, because the bands can't do it without your help. Like I said before, there are records in the corner of my room that I still buy to this day. I still oh, just love buying records. Plus, yeah, man. you want to buy the record because you want to hold that artwork in your hands. We talked about that artwork for a good amount in this interview. And yeah, dude. by no accident, we mentioned it. And, uh, <laughs> and lastly, you can listen to this podcast on every major podcast stream out there. Check us out on our interview on fire.com. Andrew, man, you be safe out there in California. I can't wait till they do this again in person. Uh, yeah, apparently I saw you in Dallas, but we didn't even yeah. know it. <laughs> I guess so, dude. That's so killer though, man. Small, small world. All right, man. I'll talk to you next time, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me, man.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.